You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. Christmas 2019 has come and gone, but the big question remains, was I on the nice list or the naughty list? Judging by the present my emulsive secret Santa got me, I must have been on the nice list. I don't know how, guys. I don't know how. Keep listening to find out what I scored. I'm Matt Murray, and this is Matt Loves Cameras. Analog photography related. friends season's greetings to you all wherever you are all around the world i hope you had a very merry christmas if you celebrate christmas and if not i hope you're having some nice time off at the end of the year enjoying the end of year festivities with your family and friends we finally had some rain here in brisbane which was lovely on Christmas Eve, we were around a neighbor's house. We were out in the front lawn having some drinks. The kids were playing basketball. And all of a sudden, it was torrential rain. And uh, so we sort of ducked inside for a little bit. But then after about 20 minutes of torrential rain, we thought, right, we better head home because they had a house full of people of family uh, in from uh, out of Brisbane. So we kind of ran home with these umbrellas, but we got absolutely drenched. Uh, The next day was Christmas and uh, we woke up and shared lots of presents with each other. The kids mainly got, um, it's funny how, you know, kids sort of grow up and they start getting different kind of presents. So my, my boy, he's nine and most of his presents this year was merch from YouTubers. Yeah, really, really weird. So he got a whole load of merch from someone called Unspeakable who is a very rich young YouTuber, I believe, who plays games and all that kind of stuff. And my daughter mostly got clothes and makeup, which is what she's into, even though she's only 11. Uh, so she uh, loved all that, and my son loved all his stuff. Uh, with my daughter, she got some Kylie makeup, who apparently there's some billionaire called Kylie who has a makeup business. I don't really know much about these things. Uh, that led to a little uh, argument. Oops, I mean discussion over who is the best Kylie in the world. Uh, and of course, I, I, you know, fought pretty hard on the side of Kylie Minogue. And uh, my daughter was like, who's Kylie Minogue? And I'm like, oh man. In the end, my wife was asked to cast the deciding votes and thankfully she came down on the side of Kylie Minogue. So that issue was put to bed. Uh, around lunchtime, we went up to my mum and dad's. They live about 20 minutes away. And my sister came over with her husband and her three kids. And we had a great old time. We ate a lot of food. We played games. We sang the 12 Days of Christmas. Uh, We went out into the street and we played cricket in the cul-de-sac. So we played cricket with a tennis ball because if we played with a real cricket ball, we would have smashed some car windows and smashed some house windows. So we had a great old time. It was was pretty warm, actually, around Christmas lunchtime. And uh, we all come inside all hot and sweaty, uh, thankful to get into the air conditioning. And then we sort of had some more food and we played some card games. And so I discovered that my my daughter is pretty good at poker and 21. So we, we played with just, you know, mucked around with, you know, poker chips. We weren't played for real money. But my daughter was really good. So there you go. Maybe she'll have a career being a card shark in the future. Who knows? And when we got home that night, uh, we got home to Marshall Dalmatian. He was still in the backyard enjoying his Christmas bone. 
and uh, then it rained again for about another hour. So uh, it, it was a little bit cooler than usual for our Christmas. So just a quick recap. I'm Matt Murray. I'm a photographer and camera enthusiast from sunny Brisbane in Australia. This podcast is all about analog photography. In many episodes of the podcast, I review film or instant cameras and I tell you about their history, their features, what they're like to use and what kind of photos you can expect from them. In other episodes of the podcast, like today's, I chat about a particular topic in film photography. In today's episode, episode 24 of Matt Loves Cameras, I'll be telling you all about the gifts that I received from my 2019 Emulsive Secret Santa, and I'll also be telling you about all the other wonderful film photography related gifts I got this year. So the Emulsive Secret Santa 2019, this was the second year that I've taken part. Now, last year I got someone in the UK, so I sent Paula in the UK a little package. This year I had to buy for someone called Kobe, who lives in Singapore. On his original wish list, because I think he added some items as time went on, one of the first things he had on there was some Fujicolor Pro 400H, which is, of course, color negative film, and he asked for it in either 35mm or 120 So I got to work and decided I was going to get him a whole load of film and send that to him in a satchel in Singapore. Long story short, uh, when I ordered the film, there was a bit of a mix-up. For 10 days, they didn't, I think it was 10 or 12 days maybe, they didn't send me anything because a couple of the items were out of stock. Finally, they express shipped it to me, but I was late sending the package to Kobe, which was really embarrassing. I actually let him know ahead of time, but I was really embarrassed. I think I sent it on like the 14th of December. Um, so, And I think it landed there two days ago in Singapore. So it, it was a little bit late. I'm very embarrassed about that. Uh, but I'll tell you what Kobe got. He got two rolls of Fujicolor Pro 400H, one roll of Acros 100. That's the original Acros that you can't well, you can get if you go on eBay, but otherwise you can't get. A roll of Portra 400 in 120. Two rolls of Delta uh, 400, Ilford Delta 400 in 120. And then I got him some four other rolls of 135 film. So I got him Kodak 200, Kodak Ultra 200, Kodak Ultramax 400, Kodak Pro Image 100, and Fujifilm Superior 400. As well as that, I also got him some Australian delicacies. So I got him a Cherry Ripe Bar, which is a dark chocolate bar. It's a very flat kind of chocolate bar with cherries in. I got him a Crunchy, a Cadbury Crunchy, what a classic. And I also got him a Cadbury Dairy Milk Freddo bar, which is a bit like Top Deck. It's got Freddo all over it, Mr. Freddo the Frog. And it's sort of like white and a milk chocolate, and it looks very yummy. I was very tempted to eat that, but I didn't. Oh, I also got Kobe a, an analog book, which is a little notebook, a little pocket book, where you can record details of the film you're shooting. So the analog book that I got him was the 35 millimeter format. And so each sort of double page spread is 36 rows where you write down little notes of each frame that you're shooting. So I got him that as well. And I also wrote a little handwritten uh, Christmas card in there, apologizing for it being late and hoping that he had a Merry Christmas and all that. 
So on my wish list, I'll tell you what I put this year. So the first thing I put was a Vivitar Ultra Wide and Slim. Of course, I have been shooting with the Superheads version of that camera, which is bright pink. And it's a camera that I bought from the wonderful film photography project store some time ago. And I really like that camera, but I thought, yeah, I really love the original as well. So I put the Vivitar Ultra Wide and Slim on my list. And it was just kind of like a, a signal to what the, the kind of stuff I like. I love cheap, crappy, plastic point-and-shoot cameras. I wasn't really meaning for the person to go out and buy me an ultra-wide and slim. It was just like, hey, this is the kind of stuff I like, dude. Uh, I also put the Polaroid book, which is a book from Amazon. I put some double jelly film. I put the Polaroid, the Magic Material book from Amazon. I put, what else did I put? Analog Forever magazine, uh, Lomachrome Purple, Photo Classic International, and all that kind of stuff I put down on my wish list. Just the kind of stuff I like. I love 35mm film. I love colour film. I love Polaroid. I love cheap, plastic, crappy cameras. So I didn't hear anything from my Secret Santa person until I had the tracking details in Elfster. And then I knew that it was coming from Michigan in the United States. So I tracked the package and it arrived at Brisbane Airport on the 16th of December. And then it sat at Brisbane Airport for the next week and didn't go anywhere, uh, such as the you know Christmas post kind of delay. And then it finally turned up here on my doorstep on Christmas Eve, which was wonderful. It was a very light box, like under 500 grams. I'm not sure how many ounces that is for people in America, but it's very light box. And I was kind of absolutely shocked to see the postage cost on the front. It cost Brooklyn, who is my secret Santa, it cost Brooklyn just over 50 US dollars to send this package and it was light as a feather. So immediately I felt extremely guilty. <laughs> the poor old Brooklyn uh, had to pay so much to send me a package and I was actually quite shocked at the US Postal Service. Wow, 50 US dollars to send a small box that weighed less than 500 grams. Wow. So I knew immediately what was in the package because of all the customs declaration and I knew who sent it to me. Uh, there's not, not much surprise these days with international packages because of all the security guidelines, is there? So it was from a wonderful person called Brooklyn. Brooklyn lives in Michigan and I'll read you out the lovely little card they sent me. Here we go. Holiday greetings from Michigan. My name is Brooklyn and I'm 22 years old from the US. How lovely it is to meet someone from Australia. This is my third year in the Elfster Emulsive Secret Santa and I've never drawn anyone from Australia. And from that postage, I bet Brooklyn wishes they, they never draw anyone from Australia again. I hope you like the funky Christmas card of a pop surrealism gingerbread man. It's from a surrealism artist in the Ukraine, Sasha Gravo Grazova and on the front there's a picture of a gingerbread man who's kind of um, sort of on the floor in the snow and he or she has got sort of like jelly or jam bleeding from their leg and they're holding a heart and like some kind of present on their hand so it's a very different looking Christmas card it's very very cool and, and Brooklyn continues here this time of year in my family is a fun and light-hearted season that we try not to take too seriously. We have fun with it. I read a bit about Christmas in Australia and it looks pretty similar to the holidays in the States, except your season, it is summer. How fun. Anyway, I hope you like your gifts. I also included a Petoskey stone carved into the shape of Michigan. It is our state stone and has some neat history. 
behind it, which I'll explain on the next page. Happy holidays and keep shooting. Film never dies, Brooklyn. Isn't that absolutely wonderful? So that is so lovely uh, from Brooklyn. I don't actually know if Brooklyn is a guy or a girl. Not that it matters, but um, yeah, I don't actually know. Uh, there you go. So on the other page, Brooklyn's actually written some history of the Petoskey Stone. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, by the way, guys. Anyway, here we go. Petoskey Stone. A Petoskey Stone is a fossil of a colonial coral that lived in a shallow sea covering the Great Lakes area during the Devonian time about 350 million years ago. When the coral died, some of them were covered in a sediment and became part of a rock unit known as Alpina Limestone, which outcrops the coast of Little Traverse Bay near the city of Petoskey, the town of which the stones have been named. I hope I'm pronouncing that Petoskey right. Anyway, it became the official state stone of Michigan in 1965. So that's one of my presents. It's a lovely little stone, probably measuring, I don't know, two thirds of an inch. And it's very nicely carved into the shape of Michigan, which is lovely. So I'll tell you what else that Brooklyn sent me. So great to my great surprise... Uh, remembering that I only put this down on my list as something of the kind of thing that I like, not expecting that someone would actually buy it for me. Brooklyn bought me a Vivitar Ultra Wide and Slim. Wow, I am absolutely shocked and amazed and very, very humbled. So thank you so much to Brooklyn. This looks like it's never been used. Uh, it has a nice um, kind of wrist strap and the wrist strap's got a rubber band on like it's, you know, it's straight out of the factory. It also comes with the instructions here. Not that there's many instructions for an ultra wide and slim, but it also comes with the instructions and that was really, really nice. Uh, I'm very, very humbled by their generosity. Uh, thank you so much, Brooklyn. Also in the package, there were a couple of stickers, which I think are from the Film Photography Project. Yes, they are. Keep calm and shoot film. And there's another one saying shoot film with a Polaroid LAN camera. And the last two items in the package, along with the camera, the Petoskey stone and the card, were two rolls of film. So Brooklyn sent me some Lomochrome purple in 35mm format and some double jelly in 35mm format, which were both on my wish list as, as well. Uh, and I'm just completely blown away. So last year I was a little bit underwhelmed with what I got. This year I'm completely overwhelmed with what I got. Brooklyn really did a fantastic job. And wow, um, yeah, I've really got up my game next year, I think, and send someone a camera. Um, so thank you so much to Brooklyn. If you ever get to listen to this, I will send you a thank you note through Elfstar. And thank you so much. I hope you had a lovely holiday season yourself. You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. So I'll now tell you about some of the other presents I got for Christmas. So from my lovely wife, I actually got a book about cameras, would you believe? Now, unfortunately, this was not a surprise. We are terrible in our house at keeping surprises. So one day, probably about two weeks out from Christmas, she rings me. She's down at the local shops and she says, um, oh, I've got a book here for you uh, that's on the cheap book stand. So sometimes in Brisbane, there's these like in shopping centers, there's like cheap book stands kind of pop up and they're all books are $5 or $7. Uh, and they're sort of like, you know, books that the big bookstores can't sell. Not that there's many big bookstores anymore in Australia, but uh, they're sort of like those books they're trying to get rid of. Uh, and so she said, yeah, I've got, I've got a book for you from the cheap bookstore and I, I think you'll like it, but I'm not sure. And I said, well, if you think I like it, that's fine. 
She said, I'll, I'll just tell you what it is and, and then you can decide whether you want it or not. So I said, yeah, sure. What, you know, what is it? And she said, well, it's called Retro Photo and it's got all pictures of old cameras on the front. And I said, you really needed to ring me up and ask if I'd like a, a book called Retro Photo. <laughs> that sounds exactly the kind of thing that I like. So I have no idea why you just spoiled the surprise, but thank you very much. It sounds lovely. So it's it's by a guy called David Elwand. And I think the premise of the book, I've only had a quick look inside. Uh, I've got it in my hands right now, but it's quite heavy and it's kind of, it's kind of leaning me off my chair here and you probably hear me coming in and out of the mic a little bit, my voice. Um, but it, I think the basic premise of the book is that David has taken all these different kinds of retro cameras and he shows you in the book, here's the camera and here are some photos I took with it. So I'm really looking forward to having a flick through that. It sounds exactly the kind of thing that I'm into. And it features over 100 cameras from homemade to Hasselblad. Homemade cameras, there you go. So I wonder if Graham, uh, De- Graham would definitely like that. I wonder if he's read the book as well. There you go, lovely. So that's brilliant. That was from my lovely wife. And the next series of little presents were ones I actually bought myself. So in the lead up to Christmas, I actually bought a few little books here and there um, on Amazon. I was looking for something and all these these books came up and they were good prices. They were like $10, 12 $14 each. And I was like, oh, they look like really cool books for me to read over summer. So I'm just going to buy them. So the books actually arrived way before Christmas. And uh, in the end, I had them stacked up in my home office and they were just sitting there in pristine condition. I hadn't even touched them. And then about a week before Christmas, I said to my wife, I said, oh, you may as well just wrap these books up for me because I haven't touched them. And, you know, uh, I, I don't want you to buy me anything. I don't need anything. I don't want you to spend money on me for the sake of spending money on me. So just wrap these books up for me. And she kind of rolled her eyes and said, okay, fine. So the first book was Tate, the photography ideas book. Um, so Tate, of course, is a very well-known art gallery in the UK. And uh, this is very much about sort of experimental sort of side of photography by the look of it. So there's all stuff around, you know, playing with reality, out of focus framing, um, found photographs, juxtaposition, paint dipping, destroying your negatives, thermal imaging. So there's a lot of very experimental kind of photography techniques. And it does veer very much on the side of art kind of photography. But it's a, it's a lovely little book and it's really cool. Now, the way I found out about this book is interesting. Um, probably, I don't know, eight, ten months ago, I had a young lady come around my house to pick up some some camera junk that I'd advertised on Facebook Marketplace. So I had like, what did I have? I had a photo, like a negative enlarger, is that what you call it? A darkroom enlarger. I had a whole load of photo paper. I had boxes of junk, like camera bags and all this other stuff. And so she came around to pick it up and um, I was chatting to her and uh, yeah, she was talking about how she's an artist photographer and she was in Brisbane for a few months doing a kind of artist residency. And I think she's actually moved back to the UK now. Yes, she has actually. Uh, but then on Instagram one day, because I followed her on Instagram, she followed me. And then I saw that she had been featured in a book and I was like, oh my gosh, that's really cool. I messaged her and I said, wow, it's amazing, Millie. Um, you know, tell me about it. How did you get in the book? And she, and she said, oh, well, they put a call out for people to be in this, this book, the Photography Ideas book from Tate. And yeah, they chose me for one of the sections. So Millie's section is on page 14 and 15 and it's around found photographs. And there's a couple of images there that uh, Millie submitted to the book. And that's really wonderful. And I'll just tell you Millie's Instagram if you'd like to check out her work. It's Millie C. Elliott on Instagram. Millie C. Elliott. So Millie is a photographic artist. 
um, based in Brisbane and Cheltenham in England. And I think she's back in England at the moment, open for commissions and collaborations. And her website address is millieelliot.com. So there you go. And if you look through Millie's Instagram, there's some really cool, amazing kind of works of art there where she's taken photographs and done all sorts of amazing things. I won't even try and explain the techniques involved because um, I love looking at them. I don't really understand how she's done them. They they look amazing. So check her work out and also check out um, page 13 and 14 in the Photography Ideas book where Millie's been featured as well. So the next book that I asked my wife to wrap me up was one called Within the Frame, The Journey of Photographic Vision by David Duchemin. So David Duchemin, how do you pronounce that? I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, this is a really nice looking book. Um, Lots of nice images and uh, text in here. It's actually a book I've heard quite a few people talk about. So again, I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into this and having a read of that. I've only really flicked through it so far, but it's a nice kind of size um, it's got a lovely picture on the front there. So I'm hoping to, to find out uh, more about that book very soon. And who knows, I might do a little mini book review on that one as well. And the third book, the third book was one I bought called Boring Postcards. Uh, have you guys heard of this? So it's actually a book put together, I believe, by Martin Parr, very, very famous British photographer. So it's published by Faden. It's called Boring Postcards. And you open it up. There's hardly, I don't think there's any text inside, but there's just pictures on each page of boring postcards. Now, the postcards in this book date from the 1950s onwards, I would suggest, with the majority probably from the 60s, 70s and early 80s. So it opens up with pictures of, you know, like the M6 motorway in England. So the M6 motorway is, I think it's one of the busiest motorways in Europe. And it's just a picture of cars on the motorway or, you know, you flick through it and there's a picture of the the new shopping centre in Preston in England or the Market Square in Burnley or the canteen at Stoke Mandeville Hospital. Uh, Just, just, you know, looking at these images now, it just seems bizarre that once upon a time, a postcard manufacturer would have gone, yep, we're going to make a postcard of the canteen at the hospital and sell that to people. But I guess if you think about, you know, photography and the history of photography and stuff like that, you know, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, people didn't have smartphones, of course. They couldn't easily show people uh, a long way away, the family or friends, where they were, what they were doing. So, you know, there probably was a big market of, you know, the town square at Burnley or the or the canteen at the hospital just to show people uh, what they're experiencing. It was probably the only way they could do it without taking their own photos, getting them developed and sending them a print, which was a lot of work, I'm guessing, uh, beyond the reach of, of most people. I just pick up a postcard and say, hey, this is where I am. So yeah, these are boring postcards. Uh, and uh, I really love looking through this book, um, especially because uh, I lived in the UK for many years. And uh, yeah, you know, looking through this book, there are still many places in the UK that look similar uh, to this kind of 70s and 80s vibe, you know, haven't aged terribly well. Now, I actually showed my wife this book and um, I said to her, you know, the whole concept of the book was boring postcards. And her kind of point of view was, and this is just showing our different worldviews. Her point of view was, well, what would you buy that for? And I said, well, you know, it's really interesting looking at postcards. Well, why would you look at a, want to look at a boring postcard? That's ridiculous. Well, that's just, why would you want to do that for? I just don't understand why you want to do that. So, uh, yeah, I think we're from different planets, uh, my wife and I, in terms of our how our brains function, that's for sure. And, uh, yeah, she just couldn't understand in any way, shape or form why I would buy, buy, buy a book called Boring Postcards. 
Now, the reason I knew about this Boring Postcards book was because I actually bought myself a little Christmas present a few weeks ago. So I think I tell you guys that I, I, you know, I earn a little bit of money in US dollars through a bit of writing and through a bit of stock photography and stuff like that. So I actually bought uh, the Magnum Photos Street Photography online course. Um, street photography, I've never really been into street photography, and I wonder why that is. I wonder if it's because in, in Facebook groups, um, no offense if you're a street photographer, but man, there is so much bad street photography. People pass off all kinds of crap as street photography, and you look at it, and there's, there's just nothing interesting, or there's no composition. There's no, I don't know. I think street photography is one of those genres that's really easy to do badly. That's just my personal opinion. Um, Do you agree or not agree? Let me know. Um, But there you go. So yeah, street photography is one of those things for me that I don't really understand. I haven't done a lot of. So I bought this uh, Magnum Photos street photography course. It was $99, 99 US dollars. So I just paid for it out of my my PayPal funds. And uh, it actually came, for a limited time, it actually came with a, a workshop from Martin Parr which was like one and a half hours of video. And it took you through um, live footage, well, not live footage, but recorded footage of when Martin Parr used to run his photographic workshops in England. And he sort of go through people's photos, go through their portfolios, they'd be out in the street shooting. And he actually spoke about that boring postcards book. And I thought, oh, that sounds really cool. And that's why I got that. So I haven't actually watched any of the main street photography course yet. There's a whole load of Magnum photographers who do a chapter each uh, in the street photography course. So I'm really looking forward to watching that uh, very soon. I've only watched the Martin Parr uh, workshop bit because that, that kind of disappeared, I think, around the 14th of December or something. That You can only watch it for a limited period of time and they took it away. So I watched that, really enjoyed it, and I can't wait to watch the rest of that street photography course. And again, I'll probably let you guys know what I think of it after I watch the rest of it. Now it's time to read out a couple of readers' letters. Yes, I've had a couple of readers' letters. So you may remember last time I was talking about Bob Matters from Chicago, and Bob wrote in and asked me if I'd use the Yashka Imagination Panoramic. Now, it kind of dawned on me that maybe I was a little bit harsh on the Yashka Imagination Panoramic because I was talking about whether it's a true panoramic camera or whether it just has the blinds down. And so I wrote back to Bob and said, hey, I mentioned you in the latest podcast. Does it have the blinds? Is it true pano or does it have the blinds? And uh, this is what Bob wrote back. Hi, Matt. Yes, I heard your podcast last night while cycling home from the train after work. Unfortunately, I had to deal with a broken water pipe issue at a property I own and did get a chance to write back. I hope your water pipe issue is thought out, Bob, because I'm guessing it's very, very cold in Chicago at the moment and everything would freeze up, I'm guessing. I did buy a Yashka Panoramic Point and Shoot in mint condition from eBay. Fantastic, Bob. I hope you let us know what that's like. And yes, it only has gates blinds that come down to mask the shot into panoramic mode. Hey, what do you want for $20? is a very, very good point, Bob. I think I was probably um, overthinking the camera too much. It is a cheap camera, so what can you possibly expect for $20? 
However, Bob continues, it does have a panoramic frame lines in the viewfinder to give me that panoramic look and feel, which I think will help train my eye for panoramic composition. It has full frame lines as well. Best regards, Bob Matter. Thank you so much, Bob, for writing in and letting me know that the gas got you and you got that Yashka imagination panoramic. I'm really keen to hear from you, Bob, uh, and let me know what your photos were like. I've actually got quite a few little cameras here that are kind of similar, I guess, where the gates and the blinds come down and also the viewfinder does the same thing. The viewfinder kind of crops to panoramic mode to help you. So I'm really keen to, to see how you got on, Bob. And who knows, we might even do some kind of pano challenge in 2020 with different people around the world. That'd be pretty cool. So if you are keen, anyone listening, on doing some kind of pano, cheap pano challenge, let me know and we can, we'll be able to sort that out somehow on Matt Loves Cameras. The next email is from Michael Rosenbaum. And I've just realized I haven't written back to Michael. I'm so sorry if you're listening to this, Michael. I will send you back an email tonight. Hi, Matt. Wanted to let you know that I've been enjoying the podcast. Thank you so much, Michael. Subscribed a few episodes ago. It has been entertaining. <laughs> I hope you mean that in a good way, Michael. Uh, probably. I'm sure you do. And especially like the enthusiastic introduction. <laughs> I was sharing some film photography podcasters on Twitter recently, but sadly you had no account there. So get one even if you don't ever use it. If you do, check out the Twitter account at Shippy Challenge. No, it's not actually Shippy, guys. It's another word that sounds like Shippy, but yeah, Shippy Challenge. I don't, I don't swear on this podcast, by the way. You probably noticed, um, mainly because I can't be bothered putting the explicit tag <laughs> on the podcast. Plus also there, there could be young young ears listening, right? So, uh, it's, it's, so the Twitter account is Shippy Challenge and I'm sure you can work out what it really is. But I'll put a link on the show notes. It's been a fun reason for me to use my 99 cent Ansco Pix Panorama lately. Yeah, that's a pretty cool little camera actually. I've heard of that one before, the Ansco Pix Panorama. I think that might actually be the one that uh, when Matthew Joseph, who is one of the Sunny 16 helpers, when he came up to Brisbane months and months ago, I think that was the one that he had. Uh, I'll have to check with him. So Michael continues. I had gotten out of film photography, but have been getting back into it this year. I've been shooting with an X100S, beautiful, beautiful camera. I'm guessing you mean the Fujifilm X100S there, which is a beautiful digital camera. But recently picked up a 45 Argus C3, also known as the Brick, and a 54 Kodak Signet 40 from the Goodwill shop which of course is shopgoodwill.com. Found Goodwill's website to be addictive, I bet. And I've actually had a look on their website as well, Michael. This is many, many moons ago. Um, but unfortunately, the shipping to Australia, they, I think they either didn't do shipping to Australia or it was just like ridiculous. So I, unfortunately, I couldn't be buying stuff off Goodwill. Probably, probably a good thing, actually. Michael continues, uh, no room for a dark room right now, but mailing out for film processing and scanning, which is exactly what I do. The oldschoolphotolab.com has been great in New Hampshire, free postage too. Regards from Mike, Michael Rosenbaum. On Twitter, he is Ratam99. So, is that, did I say that right? R-A-T-A-M-M-99. So there you go. That's Michael Rosenbaum from Florida. And I bet it's nice and warm in Florida at the moment. Probably probably no snow in Florida. So thank you so much for writing into the show, Michael. I will definitely email you back tonight. I'm so sorry I've forgotten to do that. I think I actually saw that when I was on the train one day and I was about to write back and then I was trying to sort out a Twitter account and then I kind of forgot. Uh, I do actually have a Twitter account and I'm just working out whether I should be using it for this stuff as well. 
Um, I think the whole reason I don't have a Matt Loves Cameras Twitter account is because Matt Loves Cameras is one character too long on Twitter. And I didn't want to create Matt Loves Camera. <laughs> uh, that would just be weird. When I, and I didn't want to do Matt Loves Camera Matt with one T because I don't know about you guys, if you know, you guys know this, but us Matt's like, we're very particular over how you spell our name. So if anyone ever spells my name, Matt with one T, like that's kind of, it's like, it's kind of like nails on a chalkboard. It's not a very good thing. It's kind of like, Oh man, you forgot a T off my name. So, uh, yeah, I, so I can't do Matt loves cameras with one T and I don't want to do Matt loves camera because I love lots of cameras. So I'll, I'll try and work on that Twitter thing. Um, I understand there's a lot of good conversations go on uh, in the analog photography community on Twitter. So I, I really should be on there. So thanks to Michael for a reminder of that. And the third read letter this week. Wow, I don't know what's going on here. So many read letters. This is wonderful. It's Andrew Criswell from Thailand. Wow, there you go. Hi, Matt. Just a short note to say I've been enjoying your podcasts. Thank you so much, Andrew. I was surprised to hear that Thailand popped up as number nine in your top 10 countries. I met Matt Jones a number of times, but no other film shooters here. There you go. So Andrew and Matt bigging it up for the film shooters in Thailand. This year, I managed to curb camera lust somewhat. Oh, please tell us your tips, Andrew. Uh, Gas took me to get a Holger 120N and a Nikon S2. In the digital realm, I bought a Ricoh GR3. Ooh, very nice. But I don't like it much. Oh, there you go. And I plan to sell. I stayed clear of electronic film point-and-shoot cameras, instead collecting Nikon F2, FM, and FE, plus a Minolta XG1 and a Canon FTB, given to me it's a pretty modest collection compared to most film shooters but certainly one that i think um, many people including myself should be modeling ourselves after to be honest andrew like you i don't develop and scan film relying on labs for that i simply enjoy the feel of shooting fully mechanical film cameras and then waiting for the lab to return them i'm fairly colorblind so i shoot black and white Half my time is spent in Bangkok and the other half in a remote part of Northwest Province in Thailand. So I get the chance to shoot both street and rural landscapes. Wow, sounds wonderful. Glad more podcasts are part of your 2020 resolutions. Here's my Instagram if you're interested at Andrew underscore MHS. That's Andrew underscore MHS on Instagram. Cheers, Andrew. Thank you so much, Andrew. And again, I've been very slack in the run-up to Christmas and I've not replied to your email, but I will do tonight. And thank you so much for writing into Matt Loves Cameras and I will definitely follow you on Instagram as well. So I said earlier I had a couple of readers' letters. I've actually had three so far and I've also got an audio message and an actual real letter. So um, I forgot how many things I had to read out. The next message is an audio message from Alastair Dougal, who has sent in another little audio file here, which is fantastic. I love getting these little audio files. So guys, just a reminder, if you want to send me an audio file, you can send me one on Instagram. You can send me one on Facebook. Just look up Matt Murray on Facebook. It's a pretty common name, but I'm sure you'll find me. It's a picture of my handsome face. Well, I'd like to think I'm handsome, but I'm probably not. Uh, or you can just record an MP3 on your phone using a voice recorder and email it. Uh, and the email address, of course, to send an MP3 to is mattlovescameras at gmail.com. Or you can do what Michael, Andrew and Bob did and you can just send me a good old fashioned email if you don't want to do audio. So anyway, 
here is Alistair. Hi Matt, Alistair Dougal here. Just listen to your 10 things you've learned about film photography. Obviously, solving your gas problem is the number one priority for 2020. You really need to have some clear vision on how you're going to do this. Oh, sorry, slipped in a dad joke. Didn't mean to. The other thing that you had discussed was learning how to print your own prints oh, and also develop your own negatives. Well, if you're down in Sydney or I'm up in Brisbane, let's get together and do this because once you realise how easy it is to do, you'll be no going back. So, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you and your family, of course. And we look forward to more podcasts. Cheers, mate. Bye. Thank you so much to Alistair for that lovely voice message. And yes, you're right, Alistair. I really do need to learn how to develop my own film. Uh, I did put it on my list for things to do in 2019. I got as far as buying some mono bath and a few other bits and bobs, <laughs> um, but I still haven't done it yet. And uh, there's only today and tomorrow uh, to do it. So I don't think I'm going to get around to it in 2019. But it's definitely one of the things at the top of my list in 2020. And hopefully, uh, I have heard little rumblings that, uh, yeah, maybe Alistair and I will be in the same place at the same time in 2020. And uh, it's a very generous offer there for him to pass some of his knowledge on. And um, yeah, perhaps, you know, if we get together, we could do a little series on, on Matt Loves Cameras. Uh, Alistair teaches Matt lots of stuff that Matt doesn't know. <laughs> so uh, look out for that one, guys. Oh, and to address the other point uh, that Alistair made about my gas, I think my gas is coming to an end, guys. I'm going to do an episode very soon about gas in the next, probably the next week. Uh, but I, a long story short, um, my contract actually ended at work on the 20th of December and I haven't got anything lined up yet for the new year. There was a job that opened up, but I, I applied for it and I didn't get it. So as of, uh, as of today, I guess I'm unemployed. Uh, so the gas is going to stop very, very quickly, let me tell you. That brings us neatly to a little question I'm going to pose to you, my listeners. How are you going to curb gas in 2020? How are you going to stop buying film photography gear? How are you going to stop buying film? How are you going to stop buying cameras? How are you going to stop going past that cheap bargain that you see on Facebook Marketplace? I would love to hear your tips about how you're going to try and rein control of your finances when it comes to photography. So let me know what you're going to do in 2020. Of course, send them through to mattlovescameras at gmail.com or through Instagram or through Facebook. And uh, if I get any by the time that I do the next episode, which will be in the next week, I'll play them on the show. Uh, if not, if you don't get them to me in time for the next show, I'll play them on the one after. out the show notes at mattlovescameras.com if you're on instagram come say hi at mattlovescameras or if you fancy getting in touch drop us a line at mattlovescameras at gmail.com Now, also arriving on Christmas Eve, along with my emulsive 2019 Secret Santa present, was a letter from Louisville, Kentucky. And of course, when you're talking about film photography and you're talking about Louisville, Kentucky, there's only one person you're talking about, and that is the wonderful host of the Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast, coming out of the Gutterman Cave in Louisville, Kentucky, from Mike Gutterman. So Mike was very generous and sent me some lovely Negative Positives 
uh, podcast stickers, which I'll, I'll very gladly put on my laptop. Um, so there you go. I actually put them, by the way, I have like a hard shell case for my laptop. So I've got all these stickers sitting under it. I don't actually stick them onto the laptop uh, in case I ever want to sell the laptop or need to sell the laptop. So they kind of sit between the, the hard shell case and the, the MacBook. And they're all looking all lovely at the moment. At the moment, I'll just t- I'll tell you what I've got on there. I've got Matt Loves Cameras, of course. I've got Sunny 16 Podcasts, Hip Shoot Film, which, of course, is Ben Mills and his wonderful um, uh, Instagram account, website, and publications. I've got the Instant Con RF70. I've got the Shoot Film, which is a film photography sticker, film photography project sticker, rather. I've got a Polaroid sticker. I've got a Fujifilm sticker. And now I've got a Neg Poz. Uh, and I also think that Dustin from Granny Days was going to send me one as well. So I look forward to getting that one. And yeah, so I've got a nice little collection. I think I need a bigger laptop, though, the way I'm going. I'm not sure the laptop's got that much more room on it. Anyway, Mike sent me this letter and um, I'll read it out to you. Now, I'll read it out to you in Mike Gutterman voice. Now, I did an impression of Mike a couple of times. I did one here on the podcast ages ago and I did one when I appeared on Negative Positives. And when I listened to it back, man, I was just like, oh, that is so bad. That is the worst imitation of Mike ever. Um, and I think who is it? Who, I think someone else does a good one of Mike. Is it Dave Mahali, the old camera guy? Yeah, I think he does one as well. But anyway, here's my extremely bad <laughs> imitation of Mike Gutterman. And I'm actually going to read out the letter he sent me. Hey, Matt, here is 10 stickers. Should be more than enough to cover my Australian listener saturation. Australian, can I just say here, Australian listener saturation? I think that's what Mike's written, Australian listen, listener saturation. What does that mean, saturation? Does it mean we all we ourselves or something? I don't know what that means. Anyway, okay, here we go. Thanks for being a part of the community and keep up the great work on your podcast. I listen to every episode. Stay positive and shoot some cool film photos. Cheers, Mike Gutterman. So there you go. That was the world's worst Mike Gutterman impression, reading out the lovely letter that he sent me. And I've got, let's have a look. I'll take one and keep one for myself. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, yeah, I think he said it. I think it was 10 stickers. So I've got nine stickers. So if there's anyone here in Australia who would like a negative positives film photography podcast sticker, let me know. Write into mattlovescameras at gmail.com or send me a message on Instagram or Facebook or whatever and just let me know that you want one and I will pop one in the post. So I was just following a couple of people on Instagram that I've actually mentioned in this episode and I hadn't actually checked my Matt Loves Cameras Instagram for a few days and lo and behold, I had a message from the person I sent my gift to in Singapore. So this is Kobe. He is on Instagram, kobe.travis. So C-O-B-Y dot T-R-A-V-I-S. So Kobe is in Singapore. He's got some really beautiful film photos there. I think I mentioned that last episode that I I had a look at his Instagram. I really like his uh, images. Very clean looking, nice color images there and a few black and white as well. Now Kobe sent me a message here on Instagram. Hey mate, got your gift. Absolutely love it. Thank you for the chocolate as well. And yes, it is hot here in Singapore as it probably is where you're at. I run a film group in Singapore at the Film Initiative. So that's an Instagram account at the Film Initiative, all one word. If you'd like to take over the page and share your podcast, film images for a week, please let me know. Would love to have you reach out to a Singaporean audience. 
Wow, that is very, very kind, Kobe. I've just sent Kobe a message back now saying uh, once again that I'm so sorry that my gift was late and that was a very, very kind offer to take over his page for a week, his Instagram account for a week, The Film Initiative. And so I've said, thank you so much, Kobe. I'd love for that to happen. So there you go. So check out that, The Film Initiative. Uh, There's quite a few followers on there. It's, I think, a couple of thousand people follow that. So it must be uh, quite a cool thing in Singapore for people to follow. So yeah, it's the Film Initiative, analog photography based in Singapore. Tag the Film Initiative to be featured. Very, very cool. So thank you so much to Kobe. And thank you so much as well to uh, M and all his elves at Emulsive uh, for the, the fantastic Secret Santa. I mean, the amazing connections that you can make like this uh, all over the world. This is just living proof here today. I've made a new friend, Brooklyn, who I'm trying to get in contact with and uh, in Michigan. And I've also made a new friend, Kobe, in Singapore. And this, this is fantastic. And this is what uh, this community is all about. Absolutely love it. That's it for this episode of Matt Loves Cameras. I hope you have enjoyed the show. I promise, I keep saying this, but I promise that the camera reviews are coming back very soon. Very, very soon. Just a reminder, if you have any tips to beat the gas, the gear acquisition syndrome in 2020, send them through to me, mattlovescameras at gmail.com or message me an audio file or however you want to do it. I'd love to hear from you and I'll read them out on the show. So that's it for the final episode of 2019. Thank you so much for listening to the show, supporting the show, writing into the show during this year. I've really, really appreciated it. And I look forward to bringing you lots more episodes of Matt Loves Cameras in 2020. There might be a whole lot more if I can't get a job, so uh, stay tuned. Cheerio, bye-bye.